Welcome to Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And this week we're going to be talking about The Old Man and the Gun, Robert Redford's professed last movie. The last uh, movie of Robert Redford. I saw by Robert. Choice. <laughs> by hook or by hook. Uh, I saw Robert Redford once at Sundance. I sat in the row right behind him, one seat over from him. That's my claim to fame for Robert. That's actually, he's also the only famous person I've ever seen at Sundance. And you've gone to a lot of Sundance movies. A lot. I know. People always ask me when I get back, they're like, did you see anyone famous? And I'm like, what you mean is, did I see any great films? I don't go for to see famous people, but I'm just, that's like, that's like me compensating in my mind because I feel bad that I didn't see any famous people. (laughs) And it's tough because Robert Redford has to go. It's his film festival. I think he was nodding off. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's also like 90. Yeah. Uh, 80. I don't know how old he is. <laughs> wrinkly. But beautiful. He's he's still super charming, as this movie proved. Yeah. Um, so let's give uh, our favorite Robert Redford movies before we talk about The Old Man and the Gun. Ty, what is yours? Well, this question is easy for me because Sneakers is not just my favorite Robert Redford movie, but it's Possibly my favorite movie. It's definitely my favorite American movie. Okay, and uh, if you're listening, uh, long-time listeners will know this is not the first time <laughs> Sneakers has been recommended. And we're just looking for one more Sneakers recommendation and it can join our uh, three-timers club. <laughs> yeah, the more recommendation, the more time the same movie is recommended, that just establishes that movie as amazing. I'm always looking for a way to stretch Sneakers into my recommended movie. No, not my recommended movie. Well, whatever, you get it. <laughs> Whatever the, the segment's called. Movie. The genre pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also do like the movie Sneakers a lot. I think it's really fun. Uh, but a Robert Redford movie that's really iconic to me is The Sting. And I just feel like kind of the development of that story and just really, really like that movie. So my genre pick for Robert Redford movie will be The Sting. Yeah. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is also an amazing movie. So good. He's been in some good ones. He has. Okay, the old man and the gun. Should we talk about the old man first or the gun? <laughs> you just you you've changed the participle. <laughs> I did. Well, it's not old man or the gun. <laughs> That's true. They're a combo deal. Coming together. Um, this is a this is a, I feel like this is a quiet little indie film that taps into the bank robber genre. Yeah, I guess let's talk about performances first. So I think a couple stood out for me. Um, I Yeah, Robert Redford, right off the bat, I think uh, kind of personifies this happy, gentle criminal. I, I don't know. He just he's so I liked the montages of him robbing the different banks and um, then people getting interviewed and talking about how nice or polite he was. Uh-huh. I thought they did a great job in, in that that aspect. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, I liked, uh, Sissy Spacek, Danny Glover. I thought everyone was just solid. Yeah. I think strong points in the movie are when Robert Redford and Sissy Spacek are interacting and just the the, kind of their banter and his aloofness is so fun. It does sometimes make me wonder why would she be into that guy? Cause he just doesn't even engage really. But then she's lonely on a horse farm. Yeah, exactly. And he's Robert Redford. (laughs) Um, and then I also liked Casey Affleck's character, uh, just sort of representing someone who's 
felt kind of stuck in their job, right? Doesn't really like what he's doing. Um, a lot is left unsaid with his character, too. I mean, I think that's the general style of the writing of the film is they he just doesn't explicitly explain anything or there's never any kind of outburst where his emotions come to the surface. Right. And I think he's he is a talented actor. And I, I think the writing for his character is strong. Um, one moment that I just really enjoyed from him was after Robert Redford is arrested and his wife says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, you didn't get him. And his answer was just, I'm not. And I just was like, he has, sort of has this respect or like he likes Robert Redford. I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed that kind of portrayal. Yeah, he seemed um, realistic. I mean, he just wasn't ever emotional or excited about stuff. He was just kind of doing it. And and you got to kind of see his journey. Like he's very he, he always seems very committed to doing the right thing, but he's not a fanatic about it. It's kind of a nice model. Yeah. For directing, did you like sort of, I don't know, the chirons that they use or the way that they time mark all the different bank robberies and kind of that structure where they show those more as a montage? Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's what I, I mean, I totally understand that choice. I would do that too, probably just to, because you don't want that to be the story, but you want to get the joke that's there out of it, get the, get the fun out of it, which is just showing the repetition and then, um, and then that that max that max, that minimizes the time you're, you're taking away from telling your story, really, because the story is not about how they bank robbed, how they robbed banks. You know, the story is about why this guy feels compelled to keep doing it, even though it's high cost. And the more relationships he has, the more the higher cost it is. Well, I mean, they even show that he had a lot of money and, and they showed his little stash area in his house and. He had plenty and they got a lot of money when they when they robbed that gold. So I don't know. Why do you think he always felt that desire or that itch to be a criminal? I totally understand that. I mean, I feel like I I love the theme of the movie, which is I think someone says oh, something about there's easier ways to make a living. I'm not trying to make a living. I'm trying to live. Yeah, that's a good line. I think that line's beautiful. And I can just kind of I can relate to it a lot in the sense of um getting to a point in life where you're not doing things for utilitarian purposes. You're just doing them because that you love them and you, that feels good. And, um, I really, I think it's a great metaphor for a lot of things in life, not just robbing banks. And I think he also had this, he expressed this idea of, you know, thinking about how the 10 year old version of him would feel about his current self and just always working towards kind of what that 10 year old would think was right. And, you know, that can seem a little rooted in the past or, you know, childish, I guess, because of the the ideas of a 10 year old might be different than an adult's. But I mean, I think that's still the way he chose to live. And he was getting to that point in his life. Yeah, I think he was doing a good job of it. You think he wasn't always there? I think or I guess I feel like he was there already. I think he just wanted to make sure every day was still, I don't know, making that happen. Yeah. I don't know, are there other kind of things you liked or, or disliked about this movie? I liked how he used his hearing aid or what everyone thought was his hearing aid. It was actually a police scanner. And I thought that was a fun little twist. I think so too. Let's get to the gun aspect of it. Uh, do you think he ever did fire it? No, he never did. Yeah. Don't, don't I, you, don't I, you think? I agree. Yeah, definitely. No, that would, yeah, that would, that would ruin the movie. <laughs> I mean, he's, so do you think he, he, he just doesn't have any malice in his heart and I don't know. They they were in that uh, they did the bank robbery where they got shot afterwards. One of them did. So 
they had opportunities to shoot guns, and I think the movie would have told us that he did if he had. Yeah, I think he was too gentle to have uh, used the gun. I think the, the structure of the movie relies on us being on his side, and I think him not using the gun is a big part of us kind of being like the like like Casey Affleck's character said in bed. He's glad he wasn't there when he was arrested. It it there was it yeah. I mean, I think it's a good movie because in that moment when he is arrested, you feel this sort of real pathos for him. It's uh, you think he should be arrested, but you also just your heart goes out to him in this way that's wonderful. I think. Yeah, and I we haven't talked about this, but um, they do a good job setting up that he like was an escape artist. Yeah, setting up that he setting up that he was an escape artist early in the movie. And they even talk about his maybe most famous one escaping from San Quentin with the boat he made. Yeah. Um, but I love the scene at the end from the, the paper he gives her. And it's like, here's the 16 times I've broken out of prison. And then they just run through those mm-hmm. and, you know, and different. I don't know. They, I mean, they obviously use different actors, but people that looked like Robert Redford at the did, different ages of his life. It wasn't one of them with CGI. Oh, maybe that's how they did it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think one was obviously in heavily um, visual effects, like morphing uh, with a computer his face onto someone else's body. Yeah, I mean, they look. It looked like him, young, a younger version of him. So that I thought that was a really fun scene. I don't know, and just amazing that this person kind of did all those things. And I don't. You just you couldn't rob a bank like that anymore. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tried. Why not? I think people rob banks all the time still, actually. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. In the movie Triple Nine, they do say <laughs> there's a lot of bank robberies in Los Angeles. Triple Nine. <laughs> uh, see? So there you go. There, there you go. still happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. How would you rank uh, The Old Man and the Gun? I'm going to give The Old Man and the Gun a four. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's my kind of chill, understated movie. Um, I should go first because I'm also going to give it a four, and I I don't always <laughs> like having to <laughs> say the same number as you. Now you have to defend the same number. I don't. <laughs> yeah, very fun. I think uh, just a pleasant movie. Uh, yeah, I'd recommend it to people like Robert Redford, people like bank robbers. People who like old men or guns. Really, it hits all the demos. Uh, people who like Sissy Spacek. Yeah. An icon in her day, I think. Right? I don't know. I also don't really know. Oops. <laughs> uh, all right, Ty, do you have anything else you want to recommend for our listeners? I went to a play this last weekend in New York City called... Well, it was... A ninety-minute play called Lewiston, and then it was, and then they fed you fed you um, barbecue chicken dinner, and then it was a ninety-minute play about Clarkston, called Clarkston, about Clarkston, and both plays were written by Sam Hunter, a playwright from Idaho, and the first one was about a woman um, who lived in Lewiston, uh. Idaho? Now I can't remember which one. Anyway, Lewiston, one of them's in Idaho, and one of them's on the other side of the river in Washington. And they're named after Lewis and Clark. And both plays were about a person who was in that town who was a descendant or related to Lewis and Clark uh, in modern day. And then both, but then both plays kind of 
the the characters talked about how they were related to Lewis and Clark, and they mentioned some of the facts about their trans their journey, their uh, exploration of the West, and the themes were definitely tied into the exploration of the West. But the stories weren't explicitly about that; they just were about these people's lives now, and it was so good. But it was it was a long night of theater. I did appreciate the chicken though. An American version of the Romanovs sounds like. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> is that your recommendation? Did you already recommend that? It, it is not. I have not watched it and uh, don't know if I ever will. Uh, for my recommendation, this is fun because I'm going to do a steal from Ty and an off pod recommendation he gave me. Uh, there's this app called We Croak. Yeah. They, they send you a quote from different people and throughout history. Uh, about not always about death, but often about death. And it's based on a some Eastern principle that if you think about death a couple of times a day, uh, you'll be happier. And it works, right? And I feel like there have been some really good quotes that have led me to have some thoughts. Yeah, like I'll be getting angry at someone and I'll be like, then I'll look down at my phone and I'll get a message from We Croak. I'll be like, life's too short to get angry. I'm just going to love this person. <laughs> um, yeah. And these quotes, they disappear after, I don't know, the f- four hours and the next one comes in. Uh, but I screenshotted one that I really liked. Uh, it says, all my teachers are dead except silence. Wow. It's deep. Who said that? Seneca. Okay. Yeah, I have probably 30 screenshotted in the two months I've had it. Cool. Well, (laughs) if you want to not think about death, I would recommend watching Old Man and the Gun. It's quite a pleasant pick me up. (laughs) No, that's one thing I've learned from We Croak. Everything is actually about death. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thanks. Listen, uh, thanks for joining us. Listen, listeners, everything is about death in the end. All right. Well, this is the end of our podcast. Thanks for joining us for uh, Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And we don't know how many more of these there are going to be. So make sure you keep listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.